up, everybody? Welcome to Draft Chaff. This is episode number 115. My name is Zach. I'm one of your hosts. And joining me, as per usual, Ben Fisher. How's it going, dude? It's going pretty well. Uh, DMU, more like, don't mind if I do? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, I do mind if I don't get to... Let's, all right, come right, on. Now. Let's so our draft. usual Let's housekeeping. Uh, this week is our live draft episode, though, so we are going to jump into a Dominary United live draft. Before we do our usual housekeeping, check out the Discord if you're not already there. It is the best place to go to chat with all of the aficionados in the community as well as ourselves. We're in there pretty regularly. And, of course, it's a brand new set, so we've got a whole lot to talk about. Jump into that. The link is in the episode description as well as on our Twitter page. And if you'd like to support the show directly, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash draftchaffpod. Huge, huge thanks to all of our patrons who continue to support us each and every week. Perks over there include things like our Draft Doctor series, stickers, show notes, unedited recordings of the show, and our Draft Chaff Hero cards signed by us and sent right to your door. Again, you can find that at patreon.com forward slash draft chaff pod. Normally we do a crack and draft type thing. We're going to skip that so we can get right into the live draft. And that brings us to our Teferi Tybalt, which is the Roses and Thorns style of segment where Ben and I share a high and a low from the past week. So, Ben, why don't you kick us off? Yeah. Um, first of all, my Teferi, it's a new set and we're going to pre-release it. We're going to pre-release together in the city. By this point, by the time this episode drops, you will have already seen our results. Uh, I won the pre-release and uh, Zach went 0-1 drop and then he went and uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I've ever dropped a pre-release. He went went and got bubble tea because uh, apparently he's never... I'm getting ahead of myself here. Um, So, yeah, no, uh, we actually both uh, tie. We both split for first, um, as you see in our our Discord posts. But for real, like, since day one of the season, we've had trophy lists flowing in. So, uh, you know, our listeners, we know our stuff. And I don't know, however our pre-release goes... I'm sure it'll be pretty fun. We, we always tend to run into people and, and make friends at those types of things. And pre-releases, they're just the reason we play Magic. So uh, that's all exciting. My Tibble, uh, new school year. It's about to start. It's uh, it's coming. I'm starting at a brand new school. Teachers out there, you know how it is. Like You think you're about ready, and then you realize you're like not even halfway ready. And uh, I've had that happen a few times where I thought I was feeling good about it, and then I realized I had a bunch more stuff to do. Uh, I'm getting there, but... In addition to pre-release, it's going to be a busy weekend of work. Yeah, that makes sense. I, how how does that did how like did your curriculum change at all? Did you have to change because you you've taught at a different school previously? Do you get to port over your lesson plans and such? Well, it's funny. Uh, you would, you would, yeah. But my last school actually deleted my Google account on the last day of classes, so uh, they weren't really. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they they um. I'm not going to talk about my my old school because uh, I would have not many good things to say. So I will say that the people at my new school have been nothing but incredibly helpful. And uh, they've been catching me up, getting some resources. I miss my students from my last school. uh, But, you know, unfortunately, I'm also missing all my quizzes and lesson plans and files. So yikes. Anyway, what's up with you? Yeah, so of course, new set. I mean, that has to be Teferi here. Uh, especially this one in particular, things look really exciting for the first time in quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's pretty great. Uh, I'm I'm excited for that. Uh, another Teferi I have is that I I slept terribly not last night but the night before, and I know that doesn't sound like a Teferi, but it, doesn't. it is because yeah, what happened was I woke up every hour like clockwork from two a.m. actually two twelve to be specific, two a.m. until six a.m. every single hour. And normally that would like really piss me off. But I woke up at six, which is about when I normally get up. And 
it was a gym day. I was supposed to go to the gym, which is like a 15 mm. minute walk from my apartment. And I just started going to the gym this week and I was already like, nice. well, I, you know, I, I didn't really sleep so well. I'm tired. Like, I don't want to go to the gym. That's the last thing I want to do. Mm. So it was the first thing I did. And I felt really good about it when I got back. I was like, my day could like crumble into a ball and turn into nothing <laughs> from it, from here on out. It's successful because I just made myself get out of bed and go to the gym. So all right, I don't all know. Right. That's that part's a Teferi and that's resolved. I hope that's yeah. yeah, I hope that's encouraging to other folks. Like just do stuff. Like if you set your mind to something, do it and don't let yourself talk yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. Um also I have an upcoming break. I have all of the week of Labor Day off. I just nice. took the week off a few months ago and never ended up planning anything with the time. I think I mentioned it on an episode a couple weeks ago, but I still never did anything with the time. I just have the week off. So I'm probably just gonna chill, do some hiking. Uh, meet some friends and such, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to get a little bit of a break. I'd say we should do something, but uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be falling off a little bit. Unfortunately, I'm probably not gonna get to fire very many drafts of of Dominaria United until I've got my school bearings. Or I would say we should do something next week. Maybe I can I can find a free night. Yeah, I'll have to uh, pick up the slack for both of us then. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, my tip this week is that I am getting the itch to play an MMO again. And oh god. Anybody who's heard this show for long enough knows that I am a massive MMO fan. It's my favorite genre of game, but they're also massive time sinks and mm-hmm. having like a real job and not being in college or high school means that I don't typically get to put the time into one of those as I want to or I do put as much time as I want to into them and then everything else in my life suffers. <laughs> yeah. What do you have your eyes on? Uh probably World of Warcraft. Mm. Um that's one that I go back to like Every few, I just checked my like my account status bef- like before this episode, and it, it looks like the last time I logged in was June of 2021. So like hmm. it's something it's something I go back to like every few years. And there's a new expansion coming out sometime between now and the next couple of months. So I might give it a go. Hmm. I'm kind of trying to convince myself to not do it because I'm gonna get too addicted to it. But you could always dust off Swator. I might hop on that. Yeah, yeah, that's an that's an idea too. Maybe we can chat about it after after the show. For the listener, um, didn't we once pull? It was like nearly twenty four hours, was it not? Oh, like, at least one time. Yeah, it, it sure was like twenty four hours of Star Wars: The Old Republic, like just yeah, up all like night. a paired session. We did. That's right. We did. Um, what was it? It was it, it was like a zero to thirty. Like we we went level zero. Like we made new characters. Yeah. We re rolled. And then we just saw how far we could get in like about 24 hours. And I feel like we got to like level 35-ish, which is decently into the mid game. Yeah. Um, just like on, on a leveling spree. Or it was at the time anyway. I have no idea what the max level is anymore. But oh God, yeah, I have no idea. Totally off topic. Why don't we go to our listener question of the week? And this week, our question comes from Jaren, who asks, do you have any heuristics about sideboarding? For example, when on the draw or on the play, like do you, do you change the way you sideboard? Yeah, uh, this is a great question. Although I would say like, Take these things with a grain of salt because in limited, you tend to not have as many sideboard options constructed totally. You know, that there's there's articles of experts that, that go in depth and they'll usually say things like um, when you're on the play, you want to be a bit more aggressive. And of course, you can play that way if, you know, based on your starting hand. But uh, and when you're on the draw, you want to be a little more reactive. Some decks don't have a choice. I've been playing a lot of red, white, heroic in, in uh, Explorer. That deck... <laughs> There's no such thing as being reactive. You just pray you're on the play, right? But if you're playing like a mid-range deck, um, your opponent is on the play uh, for like game two or something, you might have a fatal push in your deck. And um, then maybe you don't play out that one drop. You hold up your fatal push so you can kill their two drop. So uh, they're going to be trying to be a little more aggressive. In general, 
you want to make use of the fact that you're hitting your land drop first if you're on the play. So play out your two drop, three drop, four drop. If they stumble, miss their two drop, all of a sudden you've got a huge board presence. You can back it up with a removal spell and they have none. And that's how you win from, from snowballing. Um, of course, if, if they have the removal spell, then it's almost a little better for them because they might have gotten to remove a creature that was worth more than the value of the removal spell. So uh, in general, if you're on the play, you want to be a little more aggressive. If you're on the draw, you want to be a little more defensive. Um, yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. I think uh, one other thing that I try to pay attention to, especially in limited, is catch-all cards from my opponent, things mm. that my main deck just literally cannot deal with but maybe I have a card in the sideboard that can do that. That's, I, I mean, that's a pretty typical way to sideboard, but in my head, I think of that as a heuristic. Like, that's something I'm on the lookout for whenever I'm playing games is do they have a card that I can't deal with in the main deck? Uh, and then I try to keep track of that while I'm while I'm going throughout the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Now, in Limited specifically, there usually be a few cards that are like the classic sideboard staples, usually affects like naturalize something like destroy an artifact or an enchantment. Be on the lookout for those in game one and game two. Uh, be aware that your opponents are also sideboarding. If they might have a naturalized in their sideboard, if they're playing green or white, maybe if you have, uh, say, like an uh, Oblivion Ring type um, removal spell, which there is one at common, uncommon, and lot. rare there in, are a this lot set, in this set, you might want to consider sideboarding that out. If you showed your opponent that you have like two copies of it in game one, maybe sideboard out one in favor of like a, a threat or uh, a similar removal spell. And um, I guess overall, look for... Just some things that your opponent might not be able to deal with. Maybe your opponent was a very ground-based deck. Sideboard and a flyer. Um, they don't really print things with hexproof anymore, but things with hexproof and ward are really effective against more controlling decks. And of course, if your opponent is super, super aggressive and you are super, super defensive, you want to be able to get on the ground a little faster to meet them. So maybe try to bring in even just the junky quality one or two drop just to make sure you don't get run over. All right, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. Live draft time. Uh, I will say I'm having issues recording my screen, so there likely won't be a screen recording for this one, but you can listen along and, uh, well, the 17 lands file posted too. that too. Um, so let's get into it. This is day one of the format. So this is literally our first draft. Uh, I've done a couple of draft sims, but otherwise this is the first draft we're in premiere premiere draft. So we are going to be doing this with the timer, which means we're going to have to be quick about a lot of these. Uh, we'll try to read through as much as we can. We're waiting for the table to fill up here. Ben, what are you looking to open? Honestly, I'd like to open one of those Phyrexian Defilers. They seem really sweet. The green one in particular looks busted. And, oh, that's a green rare, but it's not exactly the one we were hoping for. We got a Llanowar Loam Speaker. That's one of the green 1-3. It's a Mana Dork, and in the late game, it can just make one of your things into a 3-3 Elemental, turn a land into a 3-3 Elemental. Also in this pack, we've got a Frost Fist Strider that is a uh, giant Frost Lynx. It has Ward 2. It's a 4-4. It seems strong. Uh, we've got Terra Sunder. That's the black-green kicker removal spell. It's a, and uh, we've got Tatiova, Steward of the Tides. And that's uh, kind of like a big late-game lands payoff. Notable commons in here. You got a Jaya's Firenado, a Phyrexian Espionage, Destroy Evil, and uh, yeah, kind of some junk besides that. There's a land in here, and it's uh, Wooded, Ridla- Wooded Ridgeline, the red-green one. I don't know, man. I mean, it's early in the format. Could just take the rare. Yeah, it's a mana dork too, which is pretty much always good. Um, I do like Terra Sunder. Its card seems like it's going to be pretty solid in pretty much every deck that can cast it. Tatiova, I'm jury's still out for me on that one. I'm not so sure I'm going to love Tatiova in this set in mm. limited. And Phyrexian Espinach is great, but I say let's just take the, the Land of War Loam Speaker. Into pack two here, we see not a whole lot of green actually pass their way. A Baird in, in white and red. 
Um, there's the Coral Colony, which is uh, the Mill Blue Defender. There's another Phyrexian Espionage. We do see a Floriferous Vine Wall, which is kind of the like quintessential Defender card in this format, it seems. Mm. That, like, if, if you're going to get a deck with Defender to work, you kind of need one of these. Are you saying you want to force Defenders? Because if so, the Coral Colony, the payoff, it's right there. Yeah, I don't know. Do we do we want to force that? Is it a good enough? I don't think it's where I want to be on the first draft of the format. But I don't know, I'm not sure you what just, to pick here. Dude, you just took a five color ramp spell. Like that's true. <laughs> and a late game win con. I, I mean, Lana or Lem Speaker, that's not that that is a late game card. I honestly would take the Coral Colony here. Let's, Let's just go in it. on it. Why not? <laughs> Try to wheel the vine wall, right? Um, we got in this pack a Yavimaya Iconoclast, which is probably just going to be the pick. Although there's some other green cards. We also got a Death Bloom Gardener. I like this card a lot. Do matter 1-1 one, one Death Touch. Taps to add a man of any color. There's a Scout the Wilderness. Goes and gets a land. You can kick it for one of the white to make two 1-1s. One, Gaia's Might. Pump Spell. Uh, other good cards are Gavian Cavalier. That's the 2-2 two, two enlist that makes a 1-1 one, one when it enters the battlefield. And uh, yeah, some other stuff. There's a Stall for Time in white. There's a Carplusion Forest. They put that one in the set? Wait, how many of them are in this set? Uh, I, I don't even know. I think it's know. all 10, but I'm not positive. Huh. All right. Well, whatever. Uh, I'm probably on either the Iconoclast or the Gardener here. I think the Iconoclast is just a, a great rate, but the Gardener fits a little bit more with our Vector. Yeah, it's a tough call. I think the Iconoclast is just way better. And if we wanted to pivot into red-green, that would be where we would want to go. I think yeah. I'd rather pass the Gardener and see if we can't maybe sure. wheel it. Take the Iconoclast there. Next up, again, green seems to be getting cut from our right. I don't I don't know that we're in a good spot to be drafting green, but the only green card in this pack is Elvish Hydromancer. That's the two and a green, three, two with kicker, three and a blue. And when it is kicked, uh, it creates a token that's a copy of a creature you control. Otherwise, you've got an Essence Scatter, Impulse, Rona's Vortex in blue, Heroic Charge in white, and another Stall for Time. And then there's a bunch of kind of dorky red creatures. Hmm. I think I'm on the Hydromancer here. It is a blue-green card. And even if green dries up from this direction, we're still seeing a good amount of blue. And this means you'll get a lot of green impact too. I'm on the Hydromancer here because it's a great ramp payoff. We are seeing ramp cards come our way. I mean, maybe we could wheel that Gardener. And we do have a, a two-mana ramp spell already. And I don't know. I, I feel like this big blue-green deck could be fun. Yeah, let's let's give it a go. We'll take the Hydromancer there. In the next pack, we see a Jodas Codex, another Argivian Cavalier, um, and in blue, we've got a Pixie Illusionist. That's the 1-1 one, one for 1 kicker, 3 and a green. It's a flyer. And when it's kicked, it ETBs with 2 plus 1 plus 1 counters. Otherwise, it makes a, a land, basically it fixes you. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have a Negate as well in blue. There's a Snare Spinner in green. And again, a bunch of random red stuff. Keldon Strike Team, Molten Monstrosity. Looks like red-white actually is pretty open here. I, I almost wish we were in on that. We would have taken the Baird and such. But here, what do you think? Snare Spinner? The illusionist. Yeah, I suppose it's not too late for us. Might want to hedge and take the cavalier. There's not that much else. This seems like a kind of power pick. <laughs> Actually, it's suggesting we take it too. Dude, the codex. I feel like you really need to be achieving domain reliably. Uh, I just don't trust that yet. Next one up, we've got cult conscript. That's the one mana two one. The black uncommon. Raf is here. Weatherlight Stewart. Really cool blue white payoff. Um, although we haven't seen too much worth taking in blue. Another stall for time. That's the third one we've seen. Um, it looks like, I mean, those two just go right into blue-white. Uh, in green, we've got a Hexbane Tortoise. Three mana, three, two, ward. What's that? Ward two, enlist. That's a cute card. I don't mind it. Uh, Volsha Tide Turner. And there's a Wooded Ridgeline in this pack. Um, I don't know. Do, do we want this Tortoise? I don't know. Green's making me nervous. This wants us to auto-select the land. Um, I take the Tortoise, I think. I think f- but Oh, it took the land. <laughs> All right, that's Ran fine. Ran out of time there. Oh, here's a nice one. There's a Talarian Geyser and a Talarian Terror in this pack. 
I, I'm 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 kind of in for this blue plan now. There's a green card, Broken Wings, Benelish Sleeper, Griffin Protector. I guess uh, red and white is what we're seeing the most card-wise, but I mean, Salarian Geyser seems like a really strong card. I'd probably take that here. Yeah, we are looking at this point if we're going to play green, like we're going to be blue-green probably, uh, but with all the the dorks we've got and such, we or we should have the ability to pick up. Kicking it for the white shouldn't be too terribly difficult, so we'll take the geyser here. Next up, there's another geyser. Kind of wish we went with the other one uh, mm. in that case, but we also got the floriferous Oh, this is a second one, actually. Yeah. Not on the wheel. Uh, I think we do kind of want to grab that, but the geyser is also quite good. This is the kind of pick where we might look back on it later in the format and say, oh, my God, I can't believe we did that. But, I mean, the, the correct pick here is probably the geyser, but the vine wall has defender, and it goes and gets a land. And we did just pick up a red-green land. We can maybe pick up some more. Let's try for this critical mass of defenders thing. It could be fun. Yeah, we're going to go for it. It took the, the, <laughs> the floriferous vine wall. Wow. Frostfist Strider came back. It's pick nine. Blue has got to be open, dude. Impulse. So did it in Phyrexian Espionage. Okay, blue is open. And the Defender Tutor, the, the little uh, the dorky artifact. We even mentioned it the first time around. It came back. But Frostfist Strider, this just looks like a, a sick uncommon. Yeah. Th- that's got to be the pick here. Yeah, definitely. Good to see the blue is open. We got another Phyrexian Espionage this next pick. Probably going to take that here. Uh, then there's uh, some other random junk in that pack. But Yeah, we just went with the Espionage. Given the the slow nature of our deck. Like we've got so many X threes and such. I think mm-hmm. the espionage is going to be very castable in our deck down to four cards in this pack. Griffin protector, pixie illusionist coalition, war brute and guys might really the only thing we could be interested in here is the illusionist. I mean, we could potentially end up with it a bigger domain payoff. Uh, there's that green rare, like the call the herd type thing. Let's take the illusionist here. I don't know. I, I, this is the kind of card I want to see played with next up. Rona's vortex. I mean, this one, if you can kick it, it's awesome. Yeah, we are going to want to pick up. It doesn't look like we wield the gardener, so we are going to want to pick mm. up at least another gardener or some other dorks, but we did take the Rona's Vortex there. Grab a negate here for the sideboard, maybe. Mm-hmm. Looks and like... Uh, finish up with a Volsha Tide Turner. Looks like we're going to want pretty much every color but red, and we're primary in blue and green. So, of course, we open a mono white card <laughs> for our next <laughs> rare. It's a Valiant Veteran. It's the Soldier Lord. Runic Shot. LS Ilkor and Inscribed Tablet are also in this pack, but I'm more interested in Timely Interference or potentially the Blue-Green Dual Land. There's also another Flurfus Vine Wall. Yeah, it's a blue-white duel, but um, yeah, Timely Interference also seems like a solid card. I don't know if our deck's going to be well-built to take the most advantage of it. It's kind of mm-hmm. just like a, a, a cantrip in this deck. Looks more like um, a combat-focused card. I'm probably on the land here, the Idyllic Beachfront. I yeah, mean, we wheeled one of the... Oh, actually, we didn't wheel one of the vine. The one vine wall that we were hoping to wheel, we didn't get. But there was a mm. second one open in the last pack. So we may not get this one. Um, but I think taking the land is more important for us here. Yeah. We got to eat our vegetables at some point, right? We we have we have, uh, we, we have that Telerian geyser. We'd hope to pick up another. And uh, yeah, yeah, that was a painful pack. I didn't I didn't like that at all. But now we yeah. see a sunlit marsh, which is the blue, the white black land and the black green duels. We also see a tail swipe in the uncommon slot, which is a nice little fight spell. Um, there's a tide pool turtle, which is a solid little blocker. Why doesn't have defender? It's just a two five. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I think tail swipe here is just an absurd rate. It's a one mana kill spell and we're playing green. Blue admittedly doesn't always have the best creatures to fight, but we have some defenders that three, three uh, coral colony. So uh, I, I'd probably on the tail swipe here. I mean, it's one mana kill something. That's that's just, you know. Can't pass that up. It doesn't pair very well with the defender stuff because a lot of them don't have high powers, but mm-hmm. uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. Yeah. So you just cast it in your main phase, right? 
Oh, here, here's some interesting stuff. We've got the phasing of Zalfir, the mono blue rare uh, with read ahead. And it has for the first two chapters, another target non-land permanent phases out and it doesn't phase back in as long as you control it. And then it has destroy all creatures for each creature destroyed this way. Its controller creates a 2-2 black Phyrexian creature token. I have no idea if this card is any good. <laughs> yeah, but we do have the mono white tap defender creature the zero three defender that you put three men into and can tap it to tap target creature that's got to be something this deck wants at some mm. point oh well, uh, there's also what? a bite down in the pack i'm looking at bite down i'm also looking at territorial morrow i i'm not sold on this blue rare i'd probably take either the morrow or the bite down yeah i think the bite down is going to be better here we did end up taking that kind of more to the timer than anything um mm. we opened a stronghold or we were past the stronghold arena um it's hmm. a kind also, of combat based effect i don't think we can use it very well yeah there's also a rada in this pack and another tidepool turtle timely interference idyllic beachfront hear me out i think we might want either the sunlit marsh or the idyllic beachfront i mean we we were i'm not trying to like hardball straight into domain but we do have some powerful kicker things i mean if we can kick the rona's vortex i think we want to take the the marsh here because kicking that vortex um i mean then it's just a hard removal spell yeah, that's a good point. Uh, we're not really passing anything here to take that, so I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. Next pack, we see a geothermal bog in the rare slot in the land slot. We've got a snare spinner. Not getting as much green or blue in this pack as I was expecting to see coming from our left. Um, there's a Balduvian atrocity in the uncommon slot. There's also a hurler cyclops, which wow. not really what our deck's looking to do, but it is something we could do, I suppose. Hmm. Um, Might just we be don't on, have many options. Might just be on the snare spinner or the geothermal bog you're right neither of these is great i might take the bog for the domain payoff yeah i mean we don't have anything that's really going to use it yet but um Mm. we do still see some red coming around there's a vine shaper prodigy in this pack which does seem like a pretty solid card yeah it looks like a final for time um what are we really looking for at this point like (laughs) i think i don't feel like our deck does anything yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think we need some power i mean uh, here, here's some stuff. We got a Salarian Geyser. We got a Founding the Third Path. I'd probably go with one of these. There's a Yavi Maya Sojourner here, but this looks like one of the less exciting ones of the of the payoff cycle. There's also the Magnagoth Sentry. That's the format of 4-4 four, four with Reach. That's that's a powerful card. Yeah, I think we kind of just... It sounds awful, but I think we kind of just need that. We don't <laughs> have we just like, need some beef, you know? <laughs> yeah, we don't have like any ways to close games out yet. Yeah, what's our creature count looking like? Creature count, we are at 10 creatures. Hmm. There's Hell. a territorial mar- marrow that got back to us. Um, yeah, I think there's I also take a bog this badger in this pack, but yeah, I agree. Marrow seems to be where it's at. And Ooh, we wheeled we, a vine wall. We did wheel a vine wall. Grab that um, thing. There's also a bark weave crusher here, but not something that I think we were too excited about yet. Mm-hmm. Wow, the citizens arrest that was in this pack wheeled. I didn't mention it before, but ooh, uh, we were to a, a, a tug bone rattle. I think we just take that right and then hope to pick up some lands. It's looking like we're becoming a domain deck. Yeah, I don't know which <laughs> just yet, but we are looking like a domain deck so far. Uh, we got a Wrath, Impulse, Warbrute, and a Strike team left. I think we're just going to take the Impulse, but maybe hope to not play it. Yeah, and waiting to get past our next pack here. I'm not thrilled with this deck, and we got I think two it's vinyls. cool. No, we, we've this got isn't two my vinyls. kind of deck, though. This is Blue Green Ramp Defender, and there's a tide pool. Oh, I take the beachfront here. Uh, yeah. Try to get that that big uh, domain payoff. We've got a Maro now, and we've got that Bone Rattle. So I don't know. I, I think this deck looks kind of cool. It, it's it's just Blue Green Ramp, you know. Right, but the problem is we don't have anything in, to ramp into really. Like we don't have anything. All right, any dude, big bombs that close the game out. I guess you can, Bone Rattle kind of can, but you can kick the what is it? The Hydromancer. Kick the Hydromancer. Sure. Yeah. 
kick the hydromancer, copy, copy, copy the giant uh, frost fist strider or something like that. You're making like huge creatures. I don't know. I think this deck has some action. You could copy the uh, the Morrow and just make a big beater. Yeah. Plus, it's got a divination in it. You know, <laughs> like that's where this kind of deck wants to be. That's true. Yeah. I, I do like the amount of lands we've been able to pick up. Um, mm-hmm. That does make me comfortable. We open <laughs> Weatherlight completed here, though. Oh, my God. What does this thing do? Two mana, 5-5 five, five flying vehicle mythic. If it has four or more Phyresis counters on it, it's a creature in addition. We're, we're taking it for sure, right? It's really, like, I'm not well, gonna it's really a black-white card. Um, it's really, really a black-white card. Control and dies. there's a Vohar in this pack. So Can you just, don't take what, what if you just play this in any deck? Whenever a creature control dies, put a Phyresis counter, then draw a card on it. Yeah, and then when mm. it has so many Phoresis counters, it it just, it becomes a creature, and you draw a card. Uh, okay, okay. So I guess it's not incredibly good in our deck if you're not making a ton of tokens. But it's whenever a creature you control dies. I don't yeah, know, man. What else is in watch, this pack? It needs to watch four creatures die. Otherwise, there's, there's also a, a Death Bloom Gardener. Oh God, you're supposed to take the Gardener. I think <laughs> I'm taking the Weatherlight. Like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, next up, we've got we see an Academy Wall, a uh, Haunting Figment. There's another negate here, Legomos, but we're very far from making Legomos work. There's another snare yeah. spinner. I think Academy Wall is just the pick. We got some solid instants and sorceries, I think. It's a big defender. It's hard to get through a three mana zero five. Yeah. There is a Knight of Lights Dawn. Is this worth splashing? This card looks really, really good. Yeah, we don't really have any ways to gain life, though. Otherwise, I don't even it's think just you a need two that. mana two two first strike. It's like That's a two fine, mana two two unblockable. Like, how, how do you ever really, block this? Yeah, it doesn't really work with our vector, though. No, oh, yeah, you're kind right. Kind of just like out on its own, doing its own thing. Whoops, that just auto-picked a lightning strike for us. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to play that. Uh, we can splash it. So next pack, we've got a Balmar Battle Mage Captain, a Shore Up Impede Momentum in our in our colors. There's also a Barkweave Crusher. I don't know. I, I think we're just having a tough time adjusting to this, uh, what the set does. We could take Shore Up. We have some pretty strong creatures to protect. Um, Impede Momentum does not look like it fits our vector. That's more of a uh, like a blue-red aggressive payoff. There's an Argavian Phalanx, which costs one less for each creature you control. Our deck is going to go into the late game, and we are playing a bunch of white cards. I might just take the Phalanx here. It's just a, a really cheap Vigilance creature. Yeah, I do think that's going to be the best card of the pack for us, but I don't think we're excited to actually end up playing it. I'm kind of excited to splash. It seems kind of cool. All right, next pack, we've got Coalition Sky Knight. Slimefoot Survey. That's like five mana do nothing, right? More or less. Essence Scatter might be good. I mean, th- this set has a lot of big things. Uh, there's also a Hexbane Tortoise, a Scout the Wilderness, and a Vine Shaper Prodigy. So here's all the cards for our deck. But um, I don't know, man. I feel like Essence Scatter might be where it's at. Yeah, Essence Scatter seems fine. Yeah, I'm not really mana. thrilled about any of the green cards we've like been seeing, let alone the ones we have. But mm-hmm. um, Some lands another- coming at us still. Um, there's a Wooded Ridgeline and a Sunlit Marsh. But we've got a good number of lands, actually. And we do have those two Fluoristor's Vine Walls to find them. I don't know. I guess we could take the Wooded Ridgeline to get the... Uh, Get the mountain subtype, but there is an academy wall here though, and we missed the last one, so I think I just want to take that. Mm, fair enough, yeah. So wait, that oh, here we got a pretty good thing. We got a, a tangled islet, 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 islet. I always islet. say islet, but they, there's also a terrace under in this pack. Yikes! Oh man, uh, we can definitely splash for the black. That's just unconditional removal. Yeah, I think we need the terrace under. I would have really liked to take the tangled islet. I actually, if over almost anything else we would have seen in this pack, I think I would have taken that. But the terrace under is really good. There's a beachfront. There's a sojourner. Like we wanted to keep that whole pack. Um, here we've got a molten tributary and a Talarian terror. I, I like this terror in our deck. It, it's late game. It's big. It's got ward, and we got a good number of playables. Um, yeah. know, I'm, I'm on the terror here. I think. I agree. Oh, if uh, if we want some more counterspell stuff, there's an airtight scorn. There's a Rona, but that 
that feels very blue black. I don't think we can get to that double black. Yeah. There's a sunbathing rootwalla. That looks like a fun tutu. How's our curve looking? Good question. It's not looking amazing, but it's actually not looking terrible either. Like we're a little light in the four drop slot. We've got way too many twos, but I don't know. Let's what take the rootwalla. Ooh, uh, we got two blue clards pretty late here. We got an espionage and a Talarian geyser. I don't know. Which do we want? Removals in the... Uh, actually, we got some pretty strong removal spells between our splashes. Yeah, I think I, we'd rather the, the espionage. Yeah, I agree. Let's take a, a, a second divination. And we did wield that academy wall that the auto picker stole from us. Uh, All right. Don't lie to me and tell me you're not excited to just sit behind walls and draw cards. Like I am, but I on, do man. also still want to win games. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll we take could, a short uh, up and pack a pick 11 here. Nothing for us in pick 12. Just mm -hmm. take an eerie soul tender. Again, there's a lot of red and black floating around at the end of this pack. Uh, and yeah. then a last pick shore up. All right. So we did get a deck. Yeah, I dude. It's defenders. And we have I'd a defender like to payoff. See, I agree. What I'd like to see is where, like, by the end of the format, where this version of the defenders deck is in, like, vector power level. Because I'm not convinced yeah. that this is the best version of the deck. Mm -hmm. um, but it does have a lot of the big pieces you want. We've got, like, the double academy wall, double floriferous vine wall. Uh, we've yeah. got a all the removal we really need to tear us under tail, tail swipe, which I'm not actually convinced tail swipe is what we want in this deck because mm. I mean, we do have a bunch of like four fours and such. So maybe it's just fine. I do think there's other cards we're going to cut before it. For example, I think the, the shore up and yeah. I hate to say it, man, but the weather light, <laughs> I think you're right. Uh, I, I saw yeah. this big, beefy mythic vehicle that costs two mana and uh, I got a little too excited there, but yeah, it's uh, a vehicle you can't crew. Yeah, and it needs yeah. to watch four things die on in order side. to become a creature. Yeah, it needs to watch four of your own things die in order to become a creature. <laughs> hey, opponent, do you mind killing a few more of my creatures? I want to turn on my five-five in a few turns. <laughs> my thought, though, is that late game. Well, maybe late game. This is still just bad. I I guess because it's oh, it's yeah, a two-mana card. Deck. It's a two-mana. Yeah, it's a bad top deck. But my thought is like early. Maybe you don't play it on two, but if you play it on like three or four with something else. Um, it just sits there and eventually four of your stuff in limited is, or they're just going to like things die in limited. Eventually four things will die. And then it'll be this five, five flyer that also will generate more value after more things die after that. This is really in my mind, I see this as a black white card, but, mm -hmm. uh, well, you know, I, here, here's another problem when under what circumstances is this thing online and your opponent kills something else that isn't where they're like complete yeah you know? yeah, like, they yeah that's they, they've got the removal spell and they're like all right i'm gonna hit that other thing so they draw a card no you're just gonna kill right. it whether like completed I, I think this is a cut yeah i agree like i said i really see that as a gold black white card yeah i agree there's some other cards we can probably cut here just uh out of consideration i think impulse although it's a nice co uh, combo with essence scatter probably not where we're at um i don't actually, actually think we want bortuck bone rattle to be honest with you no, you maybe don't we think? just maybe we just do. Um, well, let's see the domain thing. We do have the ability to get five basic types pretty easily, actually. What do we have that fetches lands? Do we have anything that fetches lands? Uh, we've got the vine walls and we have the pixie illusionist. I think that's it. Well, the illusionist doesn't fetch lands; it just turns lands into other basics. Oh, yeah. So we really just have the vine walls. I think that's probably fine. You know. I mean, we're just going to draw them. And the thing is, we, we were good and we didn't take that many that were super off color. The Sunlit Marsh and the Geothermal Bog, those technically don't tap for our primary colors, but that's just two lands out of our whole deck. We do have the Idyllic Beachfronts and the Wooded Ridgeline. Um, and, and to be honest, maybe the Argivian Phalanx is a cut here. Our deck is yeah, going to be good at that. just 
standing behind walls. I guess it's kind of a win con, but we got to be careful not to go, you know, too low to the ground and, and, and not have any way to win the game. Yeah, and I don't really want to cut non-creatures because our Telerian Terror and um, there was something else. What was it? Maybe it's just the Terror. I thought there was one other card that cared about instants and sorceries. But at the very least, the uh, Telerian Terror is going to be problematic. The Vine Wall or the Academy Walls, rather. They care about instants and sorceries. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so um, I don't really want to go. We're at eight right now. I don't really want to go below that, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Um, We have one cut to make, and we're looking to play 17 lands at this point. We probably need to adjust yeah. that mana base a little bit. Um, there might be an argument for cutting the Iconoclast, but it's just so much value for what it it's is. It's really good. Even just as a two-mana, three-power creature in our deck, we're not going to be using it for its intended purpose, but um, I think it's still going to be a pretty solid defender for us. Now, the question is, what's our last cut? Right. Um, so here's the thing. We've got four, five... We have five cards with defender in the deck. Mm. Um the coral colony it is just a big wall and i guess we don't even really need to activate the the mill thing for it to matter but like we're not maybe we're decking people with this i don't know i'm I'm debating like how effective the mill effect on coral colony is going to be for us i mean it's a good late game win con i think it's actually a pretty solid threat that's true and we also have the loam speaker to just turn our lands into elementals yeah this is tough maybe rona's vortex no i don't know i really don't don't want to drop instants and sorceries though Hmm. We do need to cut here, and I don't think we want to cut any of our top ends. We have, what, like four-ish finishers? I guess the Elvish Hydromancer is kind of a finisher, too. Maybe one of the Academy Walls is the cut, although I hate cutting a card with Defender. We want to have that critical mass for the Coral Colony. But maybe it's yeah. just not that important. I mean, we're going to be sitting behind our walls and drawing a bunch of cards anyway, although the wall is a great Defender. Do we need both of the Espionages? We have two Phyrexian Espionages. This is such a divination deck, though. Just sit, sit back, draw yeah. cards. Maybe the Pixie Illusionist is just loose. You know, the only thing that I am nervous about cutting the illusionist for is if we do happen to find like, let's say we go island into forest into like one of our double off color uh, dual lands. The illusionist can turn those into lands we can use. Mm. Yeah, that's true. It also is a kind of cool combat combo with territorial Morrow, right? You can just change something. Yeah. Uh, something's yeah. land <laughs> at instant speed and buff the Morrow. That's kind of sick. Yeah. Maybe that's just too important with the Territorial Morrow and like the Bortok Bone Rattle to cut. I don't really know, to be honest. Um, it is kind of fixing in the early game, like you said. Yeah, that's tough. I feel like it, we're at the point. This is one of the harder cuts I think I've made in a long time. Yeah. Could it be the Vine Shaper Prodigy? It, it's possible that's just, you know, we have other things to do on turn two. Which could we be. Do. We are we really heavy on turn two. Yeah, we do have a lot of two drops. I do think it needs to be a two drop. Mm. The question is... Do we I mean, get more out of like the Vine Shaper Prodigy than say like the Sunbathing Rootwalla? Probably, I think we probably get not. more out of the Rootwalla. I think this if there's one thing this deck could lack, it's like a late game win con. And the Rootwalla, I mean that thing, it can get pretty big. Yeah, that also pairs really well with the Illusionist again. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. Let's cut the Vine Shaper Prodigy. So our deck is looking like in the ones we've got Pixie Illusionist, Rona's Vortex, Tail Swipe, and the twos we have Coral Colony, Essence Scatter, Bite Down, Double Floriferous Vine Wall. Land of War, Loam Speaker, Sunbathing Rootwalla, Terra Sunder, Yavimaya Iconoclast. In the threes, we have Double Academy Wall, Double Phyrexian Espionage, Tolarian Geyser, Elvish Hydromancer. In the fours, we just have a Magnagoth Sentry. In the fives, we have Frostfist Strider and Territorial Marrow. In the six pluses, we have Bortuck Bone Rattle and Tolarian Terror. And Tolarian Terror probably slots somewhere closer to like four. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. And then uh, we're running 17 lands. We didn't look at the, the land uh, mana base. We have two idyllic beach fronts, 
So that's the blue-white uh, duel. We have a sunlit marsh, that's the black-white duel. We have a geothermal bog, which is black-red. And then we have a wooded ridgeline, which is red-green. And then for basics, it's it's looking to play five islands, one swamp, six forests. Yeah. Do we I, like I actually that? don't think I we think, need any adjustments. Yeah, I think we do like that. Yeah, because I think we... Yeah, this is like very heavily a green-blue deck. All mm-hmm. of the like off-color stuff is in either the kickers or just the splashing the bone, the Bortok bone rattle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, w- this gives us seven green sources. I feel like we might want an eighth, but I also don't know if we want to go below seven blue sources either. And I can only other see that by cutting the swamp, but then that puts us down to just two black sources. Uh, and we have a bunch of stuff with black kickers. We've got the Rona's Vortex, the Phyrexian Espionages. But I guess those Espionages, those are fine without the kicker too. Hmm. This is a tough one. Yeah, I guess um, Vortex, we're not casting till four if we kick. Espionage, we're not casting until five. And we don't need the, the black for the bone rattle until six. And by then, maybe we can use the Illusionist even if we needed to. Mm. Like, that's the other thing. The Illusionist just lets us get any color we want. The uh, Line of War Lone Speaker lets us get any color we want. So maybe going down a swamp is okay. I actually think that makes... Yeah, makes I, I, think, I think going down the swamp is probably best here. Like, we never want the swamp in our opening hand, right? Yeah, and if we really need black, we can always get it with the vine wall. Exactly. What I'm worried about here is having... We have so many good green two drops um, between and ones that are important to our vector, right? The vine wall, the loam speaker. Um, I feel like not having the ability to, to cast those on turn two would just be the nightmare scenario for our deck. I like going up the forest and down the swamp here because we have so many ways to get black. We have like three or four ways within our deck. Um, we're drawing cards to find the sunlit marsh and the geothermal bog um, through the Phyrexian espionages. Also like, you know, th- those are all just kickers. Like we can still cast the vortex. We can still cast the espionage. The really car, the only card we really need black for is Bortok bone rattle. At that point, like <laughs> we've got the, we got the fixing in our deck too. Uh, th- I think this is cool. Like this is a deck that can win games in a cool and unique way. It's like got a kicker and a defender sub theme and kind of like some incident and sorcery spells going on. Uh, I don't know, man, have fun playing this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I'm, uh, I mean, let's let me be let me be real. I definitely wanted to draft the defender deck. I don't think this really did that. I don't think this no, is no. the defender deck. But uh, I was I, w- I was secretly hoping that we just <laughs> jammed blue red and uh, or black white and annihilated everybody in t- on turn like three or four. But yeah, that's fair. This is a much slower deck. But like, think about it. What, what are black white and red blue going to do about a zero five? Like that's that's some beef. It okay okay well we have enough <laughs> removal that i'm there i think we'll be fine uh, it actually plus, does like, make the magna goth sentry though like quite a bit better than mm, otherwise and yeah. probably means we should have picked up because that is what we're weak to flyers are like the big problem which is typical for blue green decks um yeah we probably should have grabbed a snare spinner or two i thought we did pick up one or one or two of those but i guess we passed it too huh all right well i think this is a fun looking deck and i'm excited to see what happens with it well, that does it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope that you guys enjoyed your pre-release as well as uh, the drafts you're getting to do throughout the you know the rest of the week here. Uh, let us know what you think about this draft. Again, the, the 17 lands log will be posted in the episode description. I'll also throw it up on the Discord. So either way, you should be able to find it. And uh, I'm curious to hear, there were a couple of picks there where Ben and I were kind of waffling and we weren't too sure about which to which direction to go. Would you have pivoted to red, white earlier? Like it kind of looked like it was open. It also seemed to be a little bit of a blue, white or red, blue deck floating around as well. So curious to hear your thoughts on how you would navigate this draft as well. 
And if you'd like to support the show directly, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash draft chaff pod. Again, huge thanks to everybody who supports us over there. And if you'd like to find us outside of the discord, you can find us on Twitter at draft chaff pod. Thanks folks. Enjoy DMU and we'll talk to you next week. See ya. So I mentioned something earlier in the show. The fact that you are an uncultured heathen that has never had bubble tea. Yeah, I've never, <laughs> never had it. I, uh, I don't like tapioca, so it's not something that, like the idea of having these random bubbles in my drink doesn't excite me. <laughs> okay. And I, I've, I've had this conversation a million times. Uh, not every bubble tea has tapioca in it. And actually, I am not a, a huge fan of tapioca pearls either. I'll have them occasionally, uh, but I, I almost always get other things instead. So... This is inspired by the fact that apparently Magic the Gathering has partnered with Gongcha, a bubble tea company, to make Dominaria United themed bubble tea, which is just I absurd. Say, I so we should read through the the options here. I gotta say I'm a little <laughs> disappointed. Like I get it, it's the heroes or whatever, sort of. But like, why did the Frexians not get their own bubble tea? Oh, they did. There's a Phyrexian one in there. No, there's not. I want I want a Praetor set of bubble teas. Okay, okay. Well, there's Jaya juice, uh, which is grape green tea with strawberry pearls. So here's the thing. You can get all sorts of stuff within bubble tea. You can like say, oh, I'm going to get bubble tea. And you can walk out with something that is functionally coffee. You could walk out with something that is functionally a fruit tea. You could walk out with something that is basically a smoothie or like an icy or like a, a more conventional... Uh, like a milk tea. Uh, there's also Liliana's Necro Fancy Taro, which is just great. Taro milk tea with pearls and herbal jelly. That's a pretty like classic combo, like a milk tea. Um, there's Johnny's Inspiring Latte, which is matcha latte with white pearls and milk foam. Milk foam is fun uh, if you're not lactose intolerant like I am. And then you've got, I don't know why, this one makes a little less sense than the rest of these. Teferi's Cookie Tea. Pearl milk tea with cookies. And to be honest, I, I don't really see cookies as a topping that often. But I do like Gongcha. Gongcha is a, a pretty solid company. Um, it's a chain. I actually saw in a, in a comment under this like announcement post, someone posted all the locations of Gongchas across the United States. There's maybe like 20, 25 of them. Like 90% of them are within the New York City area, <laughs> like yeah. in the tri-state area. And then there's a handful scattered across the rest of the country. But uh, I, I lost it. I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Like, I got I got a this is a gong chai right right next to my college, like where I used to go. Although I will say I prefer Kung Fu tea. And we have get both in, in my hometown here. So we could we could hit either of those up on the way to pre-release. We absolutely should. We absolutely will. So, I, I mean, you know, like I know you drink coffee. You can just get like a coffee type tea. And and it, yeah, you said you're going to get bubble tea. But to be honest, some of my favorite toppings, I, I like getting uh, aloe, like little little aloe jelly chunks in, in mine um, or popping bubbles. Popping bubbles are hard to describe. Um, kind of imagine like uh, like if a grape was filled with the inside juice of a gusher. <laughs> <laughs> it's, okay. uh, they're, they're I can't really tell sweet. if you're making me and if you're enticing me to want to try this or making me repulsed. I, <laughs> no, no, somewhere no, no. in between. No, no, they're great, and people get them on on like uh, on ice cream sometimes too. They become a very popular topping for other things. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know, man. I, let's just get bubble tea this weekend, and I'll show you the error of your words. All right.